welcome to the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we are all about going beyond programs, beyond best practices, and beyond curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and to explore the foundations for small groups that are organized to beat the devil and that produce disciples of Jesus Christ to in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I am Director of Adult Discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries. And I'm Steve Manskar. And beginning on July 1st, I will be the pastor of Trinity United Methodist Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, so breaking some news here at the beginning part of the podcast. Yes, we are. Yeah, so um, sad news and also exciting news, I guess, right? Um, Sad. Yes, I'm sad to have left um, Discipleship Ministries um, after almost 19 years of service here. Wow, yeah. But uh, my wife and I are very excited about the opportunity that's the o- the doors that have been opened to us in um, in the what will uh, in July will be the brand new Michigan conference. Okay. Yeah. Um, right now it's still the Western Michigan conference, but um, in July it will be the Michigan conference, and we'll be serving with the people of Trinity United Methodist Church in uh, Grand Rapids, and we're very excited about it. Well, they're lucky to have you. Very lucky to have you, and we'll we'll live into this. This is not Steve's last podcast. So no, we'll be doing some more. We got some more, I'm yeah, at least some more. Still going to be yeah. in Nashville for a few more months. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So today's podcast, we get to interview a mutual friend, Cindy, the big deal Yanchery. Yes, <laughs> I got to meet. Kind of big deal. Kind of big deal. Yeah. So I got to meet her a couple of years ago. You've you've known her a long time. I've known from Minnesota. Cindy a long time. We're yeah. you know members of the same conference. And Cindy Yanchuri is the Minister of Faith Formation at Advent United Methodist Church in Egan, Minnesota. Um, and she's certainly a friend of the podcast. She has retweeted us and um, been nothing but encouraging. And so we appreciate Cindy greatly. And she's also a fan of the Minnesota Lynx. That's a basketball team. That is the a female basketball team. And then WNBA. WNBA. Champions. They are They are Cindy champions. Let you know they are champions. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to roll right into this interview with Cindy. Cindy, we're so glad that you could join us and talk to us about small groups, and especially the small groups in your church. Um, And you've got something interesting going with Connect Groups, and so I'm going to let you just tell your story of how that's come about. Uh, Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Steve. I went to a workshop about two years ago, and heard about this concept called connect groups. We've struggled with the idea of small groups here in my Mm. local context. And we're looking for a way to bring people together beyond Sunday morning. Um, Our worship attendance is pretty steady and it's good, but we need for people to meet face to face. And so the concept behind connect groups is exactly what it says. It's really about building relationships. What we found, uh, there's three clergy that serve here in this church, and what we really honed in on was the fact that our people don't really know each other very well. And so we deliberately set out to create connect groups that would really begin and end with prayer, so it has a spiritual component, and then we would really focus on building relationships, that that is key to feeling as though you're, it's a safe place. Uh, our, our key thing we said to our district superintendent, the number one thing we want to focus on is creating a safe space to share your faith story 
and your life story. It's hard for me to go deep with you around a spiritual topic if I don't know anything about you. Can mm-hmm. I trust you with my story? Right. Will you hold it as sacred? Will you hold that trust? And then as we laugh and eat and share together, um, eventually our, our hope for this and our prayer for this ministry is that people will start to ask the questions themselves what comes next? Yes. Where can I grow deeper? And that has already happened. We went from not having offered disciple Bible study in years to one year into connect groups. This started in 2016. One year in this year, we're just wrapping up disciple fast track. Hmm. From that group, we are raising up new leaders who will offer connect group on Bible 101. Hmm. And so it's beginning to come to fruition. Um, I'm not often a patient person. Um, <laughs> it's hard for me to wait and uh, play the long game. Yeah. But we're getting there. Yeah, and I think I think actually you and I met about about this time two years ago, right? Yeah. And you were just in the beginning processes of this. And one of the things you explained to me, I mean, I'm I'm from the Bible Belt, and you know, when you say come to a Bible study, people sort of happily do that. At least some you can get, at least get somebody to do that. But that's not the same when you're talking about Minnesota, is it? Not at all. At least not, again, not in a suburban context. Uh, we have people going in all directions all the time. And, and, and just trying to help people understand that when you come to this, this is where you're going to be able to strengthen body, mind, and soul and be ready and equipped to face what's out there in your everyday life. Um, an ongoing issue, of course, is this extreme busyness that that we sure. see in our culture. And how do we help people slow down? Um, in confirmation this year, we, we have been using Come and Find the Quiet Center as our centering piece every single Sunday night. Hmm. And just last week, I had a youth say, I repeat that line to myself at least two or three times a day. Well, okay. Yeah. And so when they, but they go home then and talk about that with their parents. And so that's another way for us to spread this yeah. news that you need to be in a group. You need to focus on your spiritual growth. Let's come together and do that. Well, I think one of the things I know Steve's talked a lot about this is having levels of groups, mm-hmm. right? I think one of the things you've done very well there is sort of recognizing, in, you know, we're not ready for, a deeper level. What we need are these entry-level groups. Um, and, and so by doing so and doing so intentionally, you've created a desire for something deeper, right? I think that's very commendable, and uh, I'm glad that that's been very beneficial to you. And, and so I know one of the things we've talked about then there, what's next, right? What, what's next? And so I'm going to kind of let you maybe, I'm going to kind of do it this way. I'm going to let you sort of ask a question of Steve, maybe, uh, of how he might do something there. Does that make sense? Thank you, Scott. Yeah, one of the dilemmas now is, okay, we're two years in. We're doing this relationship building piece. It's really going well. We've, people are coming to these entry-level things. And now I've, I've been sort of at a loss. What next? What mm. do, where do, where's the next step up from connect groups? Yeah. Um, Steve? What's your thoughts for me? <laughs> <laughs> Ball's in your court, Steve. Run with it. 
So before I offer anything, I just want to understand from what I heard, just want to make sure I heard you correctly. So the connect groups are simply, how often do, how often do they meet? Uh, some meet weekly, some meet once a month, some um, are situational, you know, the season of Lent, for instance, the season okay. of Advent. Um, it, it really varies. So they meet for what, an hour? Correct. They begin hour, with prayer an and, and then they have a meal together? Not very often. So mostly in uh, Minnesota here, what I can get them to do is maybe uh, do a potluck or bring a snack to share. I haven't been able to move toward that yet. All right. So, so the, 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 but the, the, I guess what I'm trying to get at is the focus of these groups is just building relationships with people, getting, helping them to get to know one another. With a little bit of spiritual formation and prayer. Okay. Seems to be what I'm hearing, yeah. So what I, I suge my suggestion for a next step is um, the congregation adopt the general rule of discipleship as its rule of life, um, which is to witness to Jesus Christ in the world and to follow his teachings through acts of compassion, justice, worship, and devotion under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And if the congregation does that, then one thing that could happen is that could then become set sort of the agenda for these connect groups, that the, the, the conversation is guided by, okay, how are we been doing together, you know, as individually and together um, with living as disciples of Jesus Christ in the world? And how, you know, with these, pra you know, the goal is to form habits um, that shape our, our life and our character um, as we follow Jesus in the world. And so there's basic practices that Christians have done hmm. from the very beginning of the church and that Jesus modeled for his disciples uh, that help us then to grow and mature in our discipleship and helps us to live the baptismal covenant. It's one way for the congregation to keep its promises that it makes in the baptismal covenant. Um, so having a rule of life. or And one thing that a connect group could do is to take the general rule and then write their own rule of life that's mm -hmm. shaped by, that would be something similar to a covenant of a covenant discipleship group, but it would not necessarily, you know, they might want to become a covenant discipleship group or just simply say, okay, this is everyone, you know, spend some time saying, okay, how are we going to live out our rule of life together? And then spend the time to do that and then check in with each other when you meet. So that sounds really helpful in terms of helping those individual connect groups. Um, well, I'm going to let you go ahead and say something, Cindy. I can see you want to talk. Yeah, I, well, because one of the things that I found very moving, um, because I'm with you, Steve, I, I, I really want these groups to, to uh, and of course, you know, in my world, I'd like it to move along a little quicker. But um, 
I actually was taking notes on a document that you wrote called, um, oh, now I'm going to forget the name, Wesley and Small Groups Ministry and Living Out Our Baptismal Covenant. And I was particularly taken on page four. I actually wrote this out as a question. Um, what help do we need to form new habits? You know, um, I think if I could use that language with people, mm. it's going to resonate. It's, a, it's something you can understand. And, and we all know it takes a while to develop new habits, but it's possible. Mm. And then um, I, I wrote here, um, again, developing a rule of life. What is our pattern of spiritual disciplines that provide structure and direction for growth? And I think that is exactly the tool I need. I am struck by the concept of grace groups. Um, it uses that word group. Again, so, you know, we have connect groups, which are right. relational, but when we move to grace groups, that's an opportunity. It, it clearly says you're going to go deeper here. Hmm. That's more um, theological language, right? I mean, grace people sort of, usually they don't mean someone in a red dress, right? Usually, they, <laughs> at least in a church setting, they think, okay, there's something theological here going on, right? Exactly. As opposed to a connect group, which says, yeah, I'm probably just going to connect with people. I mean, you, you can kind of intuitively get that, whereas grace, this, that concept, people think, okay, there's something richer here. Yeah. And it's an accessible theological term. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, we've all heard it at one, in one way or another, we've all heard that word before. Sure. Um, we sing about it. And we, 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 and say we sing really good music about it. Yeah. Uh, everybody loves Amazing Grace. Every kid Every person I talk to knows Amazing Grace. Yeah. But what does it mean to to know grace, or at least be willing to explore? Um, I will tell you my uh, my conf I teach a ninth grade confirmation class on Sunday nights, and they were profoundly moved by the word some of the words I've been teaching them that are deeply theological, mm. and they they get all excited about terms like prevenient grace. Mm -hmm. They just thought that was the coolest thing they'd ever heard. It is. Um, <laughs> You've so, got cool kids. No, who knows, right? Um, but it's been fun and exciting and dynamic to watch them grow into what that word means mm. in their everyday life. Mm. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, if a bunch of ninth graders can come along on this journey, mm. Uh, I know it's a little harder to get adults to sit down and, and realize this is something they need to do. Yeah. Um, but forming new habits, yeah, it's hard work, but it's it's what's going to sustain you. Mm. Well said. So I want to give Steve a little bit more of a platform here to talk a little more about grace groups. That's something he's yes, please. written Tell about. Me more. I've, I've gotten to use it once or twice in, in, tra in the trainings I've done. I know Steve's probably done countless trainings with it. And I think it's at least the response I've gotten from folks when I um, present about it, find it very helpful language because it gets to our Wesleyan core, right? Um, we should major in grace, right? I and mean, that's sort of who we are as the people, the Wesleyan yeah. followers or yeah. those who. And then this concept goes back to when Methodism was a movement. Right. Right. So I'll, that's enough preamble for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea... And, and I got to give credit to the, the, I didn't come up with the name Grace Groups. No, oh, okay. That, that, I've been um, giving you credit for that, by the way, I guess I'll. <laughs> I have to give, we have to give credit 
for that to my friend and colleague here, uh, Tom Albin. Oh, who's had a podcast. Who, who helped in the development of this concept. Okay. Uh, ma- many years ago, to- I was given the task of developing a curriculum for small group ministries mm-hmm. and to pull together a work team. And so Tom was one of the people that helped me um, develop that. And, and it really never went anywhere. That was one of the things that happened here at Discipleship Ministries that sort of went, got sidelined. Someone else had a um, new idea. Yeah, someone else had a new idea, and we went off in a different direction. Yeah. Um, so I had, we developed all these, I think it's really good stuff, and I oh, continued I too, yeah. to work on this grace group idea and develop it over the years. Uh, and the idea behind it is, and it's basically drawn from my study of the early Methodist movement. Mm-hmm. Um, in England and in America. And if you look at what the Wesleys did in developing first, you know, the, fir- the first small group was the band meeting. Y- yes, um, historically. Which, which Wesley ripped off from the Moravians. Um, Copied. And, and the band meeting <laughs> was a, a very, and it, the band meeting was, it's, it's not a beginner's group, basically. No. It's, it's it's and it's and it, so Wesley f- sound and so what happens in a band meeting is you it's a small group of men or women it's not mixed it's single and the reason it's not mixed in terms of gender is that it's where you go, come weekly to confess your sins to one another and to pray for one another mm. um and so it was always a small number of people who were willing to do that among the Methodists. And still are. <laughs> and still are. So Wesley then later discovered they hit upon what became the class meeting, mm. which was sort of that became then the entry level group right. for everyone. Yep. And the, the emphasis in the class meeting was prevenient and convincing grace. Okay, and then there was another group called the Select Society, which was basically for the leaders of the society. Oh, okay, that, that that's the group that John Wesley would meet with. Mm. That was his group, mm. uh, and probably also Charles. When they would itinerate around, they would meet with the Select Society of the wherever they were. Yeah, and so if you look at that. Collect, you know, the class meeting, the band meeting, the select society, you see you have a system, an interrelated system of groups that cooperate with the mm. dynamic of grace. Mm. They meet people where they are. Yeah. You know, we always, we all begin, you know, prevenient grace brings us to faith is, is, is how, is the grace that's working in our lives before we're even aware of it. That awakens us to the, the of God's presence in our life, and it's the grace through which God invites us into relationship to yeah. accept God's acceptance of us. Which, just to interrupt you for a second, which is yeah. exactly what Cindy's been talking about, right? Or those those groups that are that are so needed, and, and you know, whenever people talk about providing grace, I get really excited. <laughs> yeah, because it is such a wonderful theolo- It's just so theologically rich. Um, and so we've we've heard how Cindy's done part of that work, right? right so right. Um, that's definitely part of Cindy's question is, and there's a lot of churches like that who have these assimilation groups or whatever. Yeah. What next? All right, good. And so, 
they had the class, which is some similar to the the connect groups. Yeah. Um, it's where every you know everyone had to meet in a class every week with their class leader. Yeah. Um, where they were, it was a time of accountability for discipleship. You know, how are you living the life? How are you living in the world as a Christian? How are you the habits? Right back um, to Cindy's thing about how, forming. How, it's about yeah. forming habits. Yeah. And so then, as people, for those who, who were very more were intentional about growing in grace, growing, you know, and gro- living out their salvation, working out the way Apostle Paul puts it in mm-hmm. Philippians, working out their salvation, um, and they were ready then for a deeper level of intimacy and trust, and that's what the, they could go into a band meeting then. Mm. Yeah. And that's where the, that's where that's what happened in the band meeting. It was a deeper level of vulnerability and trust hmm. um, to help you go deeper in your faith and trust with God, and doing that with other Christians who were seeking this a similar level of trust with one another. That's where and they confessed to one another. Hmm. You, you know, you have to you have to have a significant level of being willing. To be vulnerable yeah. and to trust to do that. Which sounds like um, Cindy uh, and chime in here. That's sort of the next step, right? Is to go from relationship building to something much deeper than that. Vulnerability. And and this is that vulnerability piece that I I am now willing to open myself up to you more. I know you. We've we've laughed together. We've shared together. We prayed together. Um, and now let's let's and I've just been really struggling with how to shape and form that and what to mm. call it. Mm. And that's why I'm just so taken with this grace group idea is, again, back to our previous conversation. Everybody has heard that word, but it also invokes something. Even just saying the word grace, mm. you know, just it, there's that shift there in how you see one another. We're here to extend that table of grace to each other mm. and and then do that hard work of forming those new habits, um, really spending time in scripture. Um, you know, I, I know the quadrilateral is a, a recent term, but it's it's something that speaks to people. Again, another one of those recent conversations I had uh, using using that scripture experience, reason, and tradition, that's something that's in in us or ought to be as 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 a church. I'm not talking about individuals now. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about us as a United Methodist Church. We know that. I'm not sure we've communicated it well enough. Um, at least I know I haven't. We haven't here in in this particular uh, setting. And um, and using those uh, using those terms, okay. because then then um, when someone uh, one of the concepts or questions that people get quite often is um, a coworker or a friend might say, well, have have you been saved? Hmm. And I have people all the time that say to me, I I don't know how to respond to that question. <laughs> I, what do I say? Now that's an avenue. And you can have those conversations one-on-one. But what if we had a grace group around how do we, how do we use this gift of 
scripture experience, reason and tradition? How do we make that come alive in our lives in a way that that helps us find the language we need when we're out in the world? Well, um, and I would say, what if we had preachers who preached what salvation means? Well, yeah. Um, and a Wesleyan approach and understanding of what salvation is. You know, Mr. Wesley would say, well, salvation is justification and sanctification. What most people, I think, who ask, who would confront people and ask, are you saved? All they're really concerned about is justification. Do you, do you know Jesus and do you claim him as your savior and yeah. Lord? And, Wes, and we as Wesleyan Methodists would say, well, of course, yes, and I'm working it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm living, I'm living yeah. out my relationship with Christ in these ways I'm forming these habits. I'm doing my best to follow Jesus in the world. Um, and ultimately, what these, this system of what I'm calling grace groups is about is about teaching people how to love. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. about loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And because we love God in that way, we love who God loves, loving our neighbor as ourselves and loving one another. And so that's why these, you know, the, you have the class meeting and then the band meeting with the, you know, to, if you really love, then it, loving means being vulnerable yeah. and being willing to yeah. suffer. Mm. Ooh, I lo- yeah. He's going to preach now, keep going. Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> it's easy to get me going here when we're, but th- that's ultimately what this is all about, and that's, that's what right. the Christian life is all about. That's what baptism is all about. It's about inviting us into the life of God yeah. and God's mission in the world, which is a mission of loving the world completely, mm. which means loving one another, loving ourselves, and loving God, and loving the world that God loves. Mm. And if we, and that's what Jesus was talking about when he was at, you know, in in. Um, uh, Luke, nine, you know, it's, it appears in three of the, the, the three synoptic Gospels, all three of them in different forms, but the, the one that Wesley preferred was Luke 9.23, when Jesus says, anyone who wants to be my follower must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, daily. and follow me. Yeah. So that, that self-denial, that, mm. that's, that's love. Mm. That's what love is, is denying ourselves and taking up the cross is obedience to the teachings of Jesus that he summarizes in the great commandment. Love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. That's taking up the cross daily, making a daily choice Hmm. to be a channel of God's love. Yeah. to being a person who loves unconditionally and who seeks out ways as we're going about our daily lives of being someone who loves people. And isn't that needed now more than ever? Yes, yeah. absolutely it is. And it's needed in the church. And we need, and, and I think a mistake that we make in the church is we assume that people know how to do this. Mm. 
But the reality is they've been trained by the world in the world's way of love, which is self-centered mm. and opposed to God's way of love. So what we need to do in the church is to retrain people yeah. in the way of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, I really do feel like I need to take up a collection at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you can send your checks to... You know, <laughs> Um, so that particularly resonates because uh, one of the things we talk about here all the time, it's part of our contextual language, is living in the way of Jesus. Yeah. And so what what this conversation has helped me do is also to take a look at the words that we use, the language we use, and and helping it to fit contextually. I mean. To hear you say again, Steve, and I've heard you say this before, but I've never actually written it down before, loving who God loves. Hmm. Loving who God loves. That's what we're about. And and then retraining ourselves, um, you know, that self-denial as love as opposed to self-fulfillment. You know, hmm. the, the self, I'm not denigrating self-help books, but it's that idea that um, we need to move away from that self-centeredness to seeing the world in front of us and and the world as our parish our mission field is is right here and right now mm. let's go yes yeah, so cindy's getting some of that preacher in her too all right well <laughs> cindy I well, say. I, i'll just recommend to cindy and to our audience and i've done this before a book that'll help you understand and what i'm talking about is and he's actually not a Methodist or United Methodist. He's a Calvinist or Reform. He mm. teaches at Calvin College. A book by James K. A. Smith, yeah. uh, titled "You Are What You Love: mm. The Spiritual Power of Habit." Yep. Um, I ha- and I think he hits the nail on the head with that book. And he's it's a Wesley understood what he's writing about. Mm. Um, they may dis you know disagree about certain points of theology. <laughs> yes, they would. But I think Smith is well worth reading, and I yeah, encourage all United absolutely. Methodists, um, particularly leaders, you know, pastoral leaders uh, in United Methodists, need to know this book because it, it helps us understand our own tradition. Mm, interesting. Well, Cindy, thank you for, for being a part of this. Hope this has been helpful to you. You've been helpful to us. Um, so thanks. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Cindy. Thank you, Steve. Well, I hope that's been helpful. I know I really appreciate Cindy being a part of this. One of the stories that Cindy told me about, she's like I said, she's a faithful follower of the podcast. She said she was listening to us one day and burst out laughing when I got to the phrase, organized to beat the devil. But I think what we've described, I mean, without getting into the shaping of habits, the formation, I mean, that that is work that, helps us free from be free from sin right yeah, that it right it is absolutely um freeing us for new life right, right for abundant life for, yeah. for life in the king i mean um and so I, on the one hand it sort of reminded me me being from atlanta in the bible belt like that's not an uncommon phrase it's but being from other parts of our connection that is uncommon so i thought i'd just sort of lift that up as a somewhat important humor but also what Methodism was to to do and to achieve was it was about organizing to beat the devil, right? Yeah, to, to right. Do that. So I, I thought I'd lift that up. Yeah. Um, so uh, I want to say thanks for for all our listeners and hope you'll continue to reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter, Steve? 
at smanskar. That's spelled at S-M-A-N-S-K-A-R. And I'm at Rev Scott's tweets and also at UMC Adult Form for adult formation. Um, you can email us, find our emails on our website, umcdiscipleship.org, with lots of other resources. We want to give a special shout out to our six listeners. <laughs> we have more than that. But uh, to those who have given us five star ratings, we do appreciate that on iTunes and hope you'll take the time to leave a review so we can find out who you are and send you some swag. So thanks so much for listening. And until next time, peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.